Well, I did it again. Here I am back in the hobby two or three years, and I thought I was past doing these sorts of things. I thought that I was done with the impulse buys. I thought that my collection had focused. I thought that I had FOMO mostly under control. I guess not. As I record this, I'm holding in my hand a 2022 Chronicles Revolution Baseball Mike Trout Galactic. Maybe this is when you ask yourself, but Dave, you collect Mike Trout, right? No. No, I don't. I just felt compelled to buy this card. And I'm going to get into why I bought this card. But here it is. 25 30 bucks down the drain. That's money I could have gone to the grocery store with and made a nice dinner for the family. But no, now I'm the owner of a Mike Trout unlicensed galactic. I never learn. I feel like I learn, but I never learn. This is not going to be an episode about being patient with yourself. This was stupid. This was such a dumb purchase. This is a this is an episode about instead about self-awareness, about knowing who you are and knowing that sometimes you're going to make mistakes and that sometimes these mistakes look like unlicensed cards of players you don't collect that seemed like a good idea at the time. And then it comes in the mail and you open it and you look at it and you ask yourself, really? Are we still here at this point of the hobby? Are you still doing this to yourself? Yes. I'm Dave Schwartz. On Instagram, I'm Iowa Dave. And apparently, I don't have the self-control I thought that I had. Thank you for listening to The Shallow End. I think one of the coolest things that podcasters can do is when they do a special series in which they focus on something over a long period of time. Sports card therapist Rob Gerard has his roundtable series that he does once or twice a year. Dennis Zender is doing something right now in which he talks to people about their grail cards. And over the last six to eight weeks, Stacking Slabs, Brett McGrath has been doing a series on parallels. And he's been so good at getting the audience to participate and play along. And I like to do it when possible as well. And so when he talked about gold chrome refractors, and he's put up the bat signal and said, everybody show your gold chrome refractors. I was like, yahoo. And I went to my box and I pulled out a gold refractor and I showed it for everyone to see. And then when they did 1992 Tops Gold, I ran to my box and I pulled out my Barry Bonds and I showed up for the world to see and it was great. And then a little while ago, he did one on Galactics. Here's a clip from that episode played with Brett's permission. When Panini WWE got the license, for Panini got the WWE license, Revolution came out both years. And so there's galactic parallels. So my connection with that parallel has been through the WWE license. And so that has been awfully fun.
so much are on my mind about these cards, and I honestly have so many questions. So Thursday, if you got some Galactics, check out the Bat Signal. We're going to drop the episode with Mission Street on Friday. It's going to rule. It is one of my favorite parallels of the modern era. Excited to talk about it. His guest was Mission Street Cards. And the thing is, is that Galactics don't really align with what I do. And so I felt kind of left out. Galactics from Panini, Revolution, they're big for basketball. And they were introduced into wrestling. And, you know, I don't have a whole lot of basketball cards. I'm more of a baseball card guy. So I've got a couple of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar cards and some other ones. I own one wrestling card. It's a Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens type card because I love what they do together. But I don't otherwise have a need to collect revolution much less galactic and so brandon mission street cards talked about how he doesn't really have many baseball galactics because that's not his lane but he did have one on mike trout and i started feeling left out and i was at the gym when i was listening to this episode and so i start as one does going through ebay and finding galactic parallels of baseball cards of course this would be panini which means that they are not licensed and there was a juan soto which was for a ridiculous amount of money plus some other players who i forget and then i found this one that i was talking about before of mike trout and i just it's like a wave it's like it was like a tsunami of fomo washed over me and i wanted to be a part of this conversation and i felt so left out you know, God forbid, I should just listen and enjoy this conversation that Brett and Brandon were having. But no, that's not what was happening. I wanted to be involved. I had to be involved. And so, well, I did what I shouldn't have done. I found that trout card and I made an offer. And I won. The good news is, is I offered, gosh, I don't know, 40 to 50% of what the asking price was. Part of me knew that this card wasn't worth a whole lot. And I should have known that by how quickly the seller was willing to accept my offer, that he knew it wasn't worth very much at all either. And within an hour hour and a half of having placed that order and paid for the card, I started thinking, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I don't want this card. I don't collect Mike Trout. I don't need unlicensed baseball cards. This is not my lane. And yet here I was. This was something that I would have done back in 2020 when I first got back into the hobby or maybe even 2021. And in hell, if I'm being honest, 2022, and maybe even early 2023. But in my mind, this is not something that I should be doing right now as a collector. When that card arrived about 10 days later, because thank you very much, seller, who took four days to ship it, and then another three or four days just to print out the printing label and actually get it to the post office. But when that card finally arrived, I wasn't even that excited for it. I knew it was coming I was curious to see what it looked like, and it was beautiful. But FOMO 
is a powerful thing. And just when you think that you have escaped its clutches, FOMO comes back around. FOMO, at some point, I think, I like to think anyway, comes for all of us. And in this case, it came in the form of this Mike Trout card. Take just a moment and think about when this may have happened to you, where you ordered a card that you didn't want. And I don't mean once it got to you and you had it for a little while and you realized a month later that you just weren't feeling it. What I mean is think about a time that maybe even as soon as you hit buy it now, that you may have just instantly regretted it. I think when this happens, it's good to perform an autopsy. What happened? How did I get here? How can I prevent this from happening again? And maybe not entirely, because I think that we all know we all do it sometimes. But how can we prevent it from happening as frequently as it does, if it does happen frequently? Because I think that when we make choices in this card space that don't fit our intentions, our collections, our PCs, there's always a why behind it. And it could be a signal or an indication that we're not happy about something in our collection, or it might just mean something more innocent, like we just want to be included. I think that's what happened in my situation. I enjoyed so much being able to participate in the stacking slabs parallel universe that was going on that when a card came along that I was a bystander to, I didn't handle it well. And so I then took the idea of the galactic and then tried to wedge it into my own collection, which is baseball. And since the only galactic that appears with baseball is, of course, you know, unlicensed cards, I ended up settling for this picture of Mike Trout in his pajamas playing baseball. Here's my background with Mike Trout cards over the last three years. I have owned, I think, two. And neither are in my collection anymore. He is, in my mind, not somebody I want to collect. For one, I never got much chance to watch him because he was playing in Anaheim and their games were not on TV all the time. And two, It's one of those things that I just can't put my finger on in which I just never felt drawn toward him as an athlete. Surely he was talented. The injuries don't really bother me a whole lot because lots of athletes get injured and his talent is undeniable. He just wasn't somebody I collected. The best experience I had with Mike Trout as a collector is one of the years that he was hurt. I think it might have been 22. I found his Bowman Chrome rookie, the one where he's standing upright with the bat almost straight up in the air at home plate. 
I found one raw and it was a really good price. And it wasn't even being sold by a car dealer. It was being sold by somebody who sold everything, antiques and lamps and old CDs. And there was this card. And although it was just the pictures, all I could see was the front and the back. It looked really clean. Clean enough that I felt comfortable enough making a lowball offer because that's sort of what I have to do a lot of the times. And it got accepted. And it was shipped to me, and it was just immaculate when it arrived. But to the credit of the sellers, it was very well packaged and shipped quickly. And I took it to my LCS, and they shipped it off to PSA, and it came back as a PSA 10. So now I had this Bowman Chrome Mike Trout PSA 10 rookie card. And as someone who doesn't usually have a lot of funds to operate with, this was a pretty big deal. And here's how this story ends. Before I even left the LCS that day, the owner made me an offer. And I accepted it. So I owned that PSA 10 for about 15 minutes. And I used that money to buy some groceries, to buy some other cards. It was fun. It was great. But that's my experience with Mike Trout until this podcast came along Brett's podcast came along about Galactics, and I wanted to get involved, and I did, and now I have this other Mike Trout card. Now, my collecting of baseball has changed a bit over the last year, in which my attention has been paid a lot toward retired players from the 1980s and the 1990s and the early 2000s. But whenever I need to scratch that FOMO itch, of a current player, I tell myself, and I've adopted this method now of buying just one card of that player. It's almost like a nicotine patch in a way where it gives me that fix. But once I own one card of an active player, it prevents me from wanting more. But if I get rid of that one card, all of a sudden I want to start buying more and more cards. So what I've convinced myself of, or what I'm trying to convince myself of, is that owning this Galactic Mike Trout is my nicotine patch for other Mike Trout cards. I know that doesn't make sense because I don't even collect Mike Trout, but I have to admit the card is gorgeous when it's under the right light. I suppose there is a positive here, a sort of scar that if I leave it in my collection, this trout, and if I pass by it every now and then as I'm looking through my cards, it can cards, it can serve as a reminder of past mistakes. Whereas if I immediately put it back on eBay or sell it to my LCS or something, it's gone. And then that space in my brain becomes unoccupied. And I make the same mistake again. So in a way, cards like these have value. And the value isn't to our collections. It isn't financial. Although in a way it is financial because if it can prevent us from doing this again, then we spend money less recklessly or stop spending money on things that don't bring us fulfillment or joy, or any of those things. 
I have a podcast planned for early to mid-December that focuses heavily on FOMO, this fear of missing out and how it drives so much of what we do in this hobby and how it affects so many of us in different ways. It's real. And it's a very real thing for brand new collectors, for collectors who have been back like myself for a few years. And from what I understand, it's happens in collectors who have been in the hobby for a decade or more. And it's not exclusive to sports cards. It's the same thing with shoes or vacations or holiday decorations. One house trying to outdo the other house. FOMO is real. And the more that we can get this under control, the more that we can continue to shape our collections into these entities that we want them to be. But that's all well and fine in the big picture. In the more immediate picture, here we are again. I've got a card that I don't want. I've got a card that I did not want to spend money on. And I've got a card that I don't know what to do with. I doubt that you'll hear much about this card again. I don't think this is part one in a nine-part podcast about what to do with my Revolution Galactic Mike Trout cards. But if I'm being honest, I'm a little ticked off at myself. Because at some point, you want to see progress. Then again, progress has been made because I'm not on here episode after episode talking about the mistakes that I've made. I probably could do that. But it's not happening as often as it used to. So if anything, maybe this card is just a reminder of a past self, a past self that I'm not especially fond of. Because I think that as human beings, we like to think of ourselves as works in progress. As people who are in one spot at one point in our lives and are in better spots at future points in our lives. So when we find ourselves repeating mistakes, especially in the card space, it's a less than happy reminder of the mistakes that we have made in the past. Sure, we have to make these mistakes to get to the point where we are now in our collecting and our in our collections. It's important, right? It's important. And maybe that's the real value of having this Mike Trout card. And if I want to turn it around, if I want to flip this upside down, maybe what this really is is a positive. See what I did there? I just took something dumb that I did in the hobby, and now I'm trying to pretend that it's actually a good thing when it's not. But no, but maybe my anger toward myself, maybe my annoyance that I bought this card actually is a signal 
And it's a signal for all of us who buy cards that we don't necessarily want. But maybe our reactions to it is just a sign of how much we actually have grown. Because I know that I've grown. I know that I'm not the same collector that I was in 2020 and 2021. And yeah, okay. So I tripped up. I bought a card that doesn't fit. I wasted some money. Okay, life goes on. Life goes on for all of us. And all I can do and all any of us can do is to keep on trying to get better in this hobby every day, every week, every year. Okay, now one last message here. There will be no episode next week. Next week is Thanksgiving. And my wife and I, our oldest kid is a freshman in college and she will be home next week. And I would much rather be spending time with her having not seen her in a few months than I would with my cards. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Have a great holiday. And also, if the holidays are a hard time for you or for someone you know, reach out to someone. You're you're not alone. The holidays can be a hard time. But if you do celebrate, I hope that you eat way too much. I hope that you watch too much football. And I look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks. Take care of yourselves.